and welcome to this week's Oxcast. It's our weekly roundup of eccentric, Oxford-centric and Oxford-based events. It's Wednesday the 13th of July. Um, it's just myself, hello, and Dave. Hello. Today. <laughs> Worked surprisingly well. We've been abandoned by Mike, who says he has work. <laughs> and everyone else is just leaving us to, to have fun and to inform you and spend time with you, wonderful public. Uh, Dave, amongst other things, will be presenting a Philip Pullman-related world premiere uh, and cinema, amongst other things. And I've got lots of theatre, dance and art to talk about. But the week is finally upon us. Da, da, da. That's the truck fanfare, which we've just composed. Um. <laughs> it is, of course, Truck Festival coming up this weekend. And earlier I had the chance to speak to Matt Harrop, festival manager of Truck, to ask him what goes on behind the scenes. Okay, so let's start with the basics. For our listeners who haven't heard of it, what is Truck Festival? Truck Festival is one of the better, or best as far as I'm concerned, small festivals in the country that promotes lots of upcoming talent and surrounds them with a smattering of large artists. And in this case, this year we have Max Street Preachers, Jurassic 5, Codeline, Catfish in the Bottle Men, as well as like Oxford people like Pixel Fix, we've got Mayans, uh, Inner Peace Records, um, as well as like many others, essentially. Some of the headliners you got, you mentioned Jurassic 5 and the Manic Street Preachers, um, both, pretty, both yeah. pretty major coups. I'm thinking especially of the Manic Street Preachers, who are multiple UK number one winners, Glastonbury headlining, they sold 10 million albums. Um, it's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> how did you manage that? Um, with with Manic, um, you know, they've always been an act that I've personally wanted to, to have here. We told them a bit about the event and you know, the heritage of 19 years of of being an independent music festival that uh, promotes local acts and you know, raise a lot of money for charity as well for our for our food units and, and donations during the weekend. You know, we told we told them about this and they um, they got on board and it was relatively easy to be honest. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I thought there's got to be a catch here. That was Matt Harrop of Truck Festival. And you can hear the full interview on our Oxcast Extra, which you'll be able to find on the website. One of the performers at Truck Festival this time around, who aren't even headlining, are Jurassic 5, who Michael has seen before. Tell us about that, Michael. Oh, I have. It was, it was a fun surprise. I went to a festival in Belfast, um, which is a bit close to home, featuring such luminaries as The Darkness and Goalie Looking Chain. No! I, I didn't intentionally go and see Goalie Looking Chain either. But um, as I knew there was some terrible rap on the cards, then um, Jurassic Five came and surprised us as well. Um, and they were and they were really fun. They were using kinds of all kinds of instruments and toys I haven't seen before. Um, yeah, I just like how they're how creative they are. I wonder what happened to the darkness. Uh, I think I remember reading that the lead singer of the darkness <coughs> was going to collaborate with the lead singer of Keen while they were both in rehab for their crack addictions. Really. <laughs> Uh, I don't know whether anything actually became of it. I'm 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 okay with that. Would have honest. been a, a bit of a jarring clash of musical styles. I think so. Yeah. I did quite admire the guy from the Darkness's compositional skill, and I I know that he he worked on like TV jingles mm. for years before the Darkness got big. So I've always secretly suspected that Washing Machines Live Longer with Calgon was one of his. <laughs> uh, this has that kind of epic seventies feel. Um, but okay, well, let's reiterate that the darkness. No, truck is is too far too highbrow for um, such things. Goldie looking shame. We're also not able to attend this year's truck. But we do have. Okay, we've got the majesty of the Manics. Yeah, that's a, r- a really big one. 
Um, massive headline, Manic Street Preachers playing on Saturday. Jurassic 5, Everything Everything, Coda Line. Um, Mystery Jets, a truck regular. As the dad of the Mystery Jets, is he long gone now? Hmm? I know they started off, the guy's dad was in the band as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Big Nasty. I think... <laughs> who um, I would really encourage you all to watch his interview with ITV about Brexit. It's excellent. Really? Remember, we're a lovely non-partisan broadcast. Of course. Um, it's, it's actually not very political. Uh, the theme this year, a truck, is wildlife. Ah. So get your costumes together. Onesies um, ahoy. Onesies ahoy, yeah. Matt, Matt Harrop said he was particularly looking forward to seeing some giraffes. Um, if anyone could get some stilts. Um, last year's theme, a bit unusually, was Santa's Grotto. Um, this... This year's is more traditional. <laughs> and more July-friendly. A more July-friendly festival theme. I saw an amazing costume of a guy dressed as an anglerfish at festival one year. Really? He had this beautiful like, hanging light uh, dangling from above his head and horrible-looking teeth. Just an idea. Wombat. I think, actually, I would be a wombat. Um, you could do a really, really good one and go as a kangaroo and carry your child in a pouch. <laughs> because, as we know, Truck is a family-friendly festival. Yeah, and that, that costume would combine... Beauty and practicality. Agreed. I'm sure there'll be some really, really spectacular animals on show. Wonderful. Um, we look forward to seeing the photos. Yeah, send us all your shock photos of yourself in your finest animal garb. And congratulations to our competition winner, Lucy, with her excellent tale of a feline furore on one camping trip. Truck Festival is taking place this weekend from July the 15th to July the 17th uh, near Steventon in Oxfordshire. And it's got a new and improved capacity of 9,999 people. Have an amazing time, everyone. So... Track is unbelievably not the only festival going on in our environs this weekend. Um, Art in Action is a four-day, well, guess what, art festival happening from tomorrow, the 14th, to Sunday the 17th in Waterperry Gardens. It's become a highlight of Waterperry's calendar uh, in its 40-year history. Um, sadly, this may be its 40th and final year, so there will be an even more Carpe Diem feel to it than usual. Um, hundreds of artists and craftspeople assemble every year to demonstrate their skills, share new work. Um, so you've got sculptors sculpting, glass blowers glass blowing. Lords are leaping. <laughs> yes, exactly. Ten sculptors sculpting. Eight yet. artists arting. No, there, there will, to be clear, be many more than eight artists arting. There will I, be hundreds of artists arting. I imagine so. How many of the artists uh, art in action will use the immortal phrase, here's one I made earlier? <laughs> I don't know, actually. Um, one of the cool things is that all the artists will be able to say, here's one I'm making right now. Um, not only is it cool to see your work taking shape in front of your eyes, but you can engage makers in conversation and see if they'll divulge their trade secrets. That sounds great. Yeah, no, I've never been myself, but um, everyone says, and video from past festivals attest that it's a weekend with a great atmosphere because it's full of people very passionate about what they do and actually doing what they're passionate about. It seems like a great day for all the family as well. Adults and kids will find something to keep them occupied. Yeah, definitely. And the amazing price is the four-day um, adult ticket is £35 and children under five are free. Um, there's all kinds of day tickets options on their website. Lots of stuff going on. There are practical classes, uh, food and drink and music too. So the atmosphere uh, that makes it what it is has largely been created by the hundreds of volunteers that are needed to staff and support the event, who are well already themselves. I've, I've seen them. Um, but it's sadly the slightly smaller number of volunteers that means it's not feasible to run Art in Action 2017. 
a few key staff are getting older as well and it's being harder to replace them. Yeah, the festival's taking a pause. If you and think you would like to uh, volunteer or be involved in the future, then maybe it could be resurrected. So we don't say adieu to art in action so much as au revoir. So enjoy the everything. Digital art, lectures, market full of ceramics, millinery, calligraphy and enough materials to keep you creative for the rest of the year. That's Art in Action at Water Prairie Gardens this weekend. Adult tickets, £35. Now listeners to this podcast will know that the Ashmolean is currently hosting a Storms and Shipwrecks exhibition shining a light on ancient Sicilian treasures recovered from the bottom of the Mediterranean Sea. And this Saturday, the 16th of July, the Ashmolean is hosting a special Storms and Shipwrecks Day as part of its Festival of Archaeology, with talks and events inspired by the underwater theme. Kicking things off at 11am, there's a talk by the maritime archaeologist Dr John Henderson about a real-life Atlantis, the Greek city of Pavlopetri, which was submerged by the Mediterranean Sea over 3,000 years ago. When it was discovered in 1968 by a team of Cambridge archaeologists, they were amazed to find a city almost completely fully intact, with streets, buildings and a large central plaza. It is thought that the city was destroyed by a series of earthquakes around 1000 BC, and you can go and hear Dr John Henderson talk all about it. Then, at 1pm, there's an opportunity to meet divers from the Oxford University Underwater Exploration Group, talking about what life is like as an underwater archaeologist and some of the cutting-edge technology they use. Supposedly, robots have become a very significant feature of underwater archaeology. Underwater robots. Underwater robots, exciting. And a great band name as well. Uh, Bombshell. In researching this event, I discovered that SCUBA is an acronym. I didn't know this before. Okay. What does it stand for? I hear you ask, oh listeners. See something. See something? Not see something. Um... Try again. Slightly creepy. No. Sonic something. I would say you're getting warmer, but you're not. I'm really not. Self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. That makes a lot more sense. (laughs) I've had one scuba diving experience myself on a family holiday in Crete, um, which turned out to be the um, same Cretan resort where they filmed a James Bond car chase. So the jewel in the crown of... uh, this resort's underwater exploration is uh, the rusting hulk of a 1970s sports car, <laughs> um, which you're not allowed to approach too much because you might cut the scuba diving equipment on a fragment of rusty metal. Um, so I can't remember exactly which film it would be from. One of the 70s one, one of the Roger Moore ones. Okay, I brightastic. Next up is a talk at 2pm by Rob Bartholomew of Creative Assembly, the company behind the celebrated Total War series of computer games where players are put in the position of generals leading enormous armies with the goal of achieving nothing less than world dominance. (laughs) He will be talking about the historical inspiration for the games and when it's okay to let history blur into fantasy. Finally, at 2.30pm and 3.30pm, there is Ship Ahoy, a family activity featuring stories, games and object handling in the galleries. All the events are free and there's no booking required. Just head over to the Ashmolean this Saturday, the 16th of July, starting from 11am. Something starting from this very day now. Um, I've got four nights of dance-based performances uh, at the old fire station. Um, it's a series called Women Go Live from production company Giant Olive. Um, Get it? So, as you may deduce from the name, at these performances are mainly, but not exclusively, the work of female artists. Four nights, six or seven pieces per evening, there's quite a lot to see. 
Um, so I'll pick up maybe something from each night. I say every night there's a piece that sort of progresses throughout the week, uh, which is a cello and dance improv dialogue. So dancer and musician having a conversation throughout every night. Um, interesting to see how that one progresses. So on Wednesday, um, we have Burnt Norden, which is a journey through the first of T.S. Eliot's four quartets via movement. And Thursday, we have Sati, an excerpt from a solo Kuchipudi work, which is a South Asian dance I have probably pronounced entirely wrongly. It follows the first wife of the Hindu god Shiva. The destroyer? She's the one who like, kind of ends up setting herself on fire. Oh, Sati, that kind of Sati. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant Eric Sati. Oh, okay. Composer of Gymnopodie. <laughs> Not Eric Sati. On Friday, uh, Dysfunctional Dance goes through a piece called Unexpected Item and Bagging Area, <laughs> um, in which the so the dancer's flow will be interrupted by um, Donald Hutera introducing unexpected items, to which she'll then respond. So... Um, <laughs> So in that piece, uh, expect the unexpected, as must the dancer. Um, so Donald Hutera, I should mention, is the Times critic who is behind the week's programme, has cherry-picked all the artists. And then finally on Saturday, picked out Plasma, um, which is a piece by an all-female quintet investigating how individuality is constrained and shaped by social conventions. It's by In Motion Dance, who have emerged as part of the Oxford-based physical theatre company Justice In Motion, who create pieces based around various social justice issues. Watch out for them. Um, so yeah, there's six or seven pieces per evening. There's massive variety and plenty to see. That's at the old fire station every night from Wednesday to Saturday at 7.30. And tickets are £10 and £8 concessions. Next up, we have an event that is Oxford through and through. Philip Pullman, of course, is one of Oxford's best-known authors. And next week, Oxford will be hosting the world premiere of a theatrical adaptation of one of his early novels, The Ruby in the Smoke. The Ruby in the Smoke is a murder mystery set in smoky Victorian London. The heroine, Sally Lockhart, is investigating her father's murder, and simultaneously she discovers that it's intertwined with rumours of a fabulous ruby. It was televised in 2006, starring Billy Piper, and was notable for being the TV debut of Matt Smith, later, of course, The Doctor. Whoa, absolute who-fest. <laughs> An absolute who-fest. But it's never been performed on stage until now. It's being held at Blackwell's Bookshop on Wednesday the 20th and Thursday the 21st of July. Uh, I think we can all agree that Blackwell's would be an excellent location for a murder mystery. You can have characters sneaking in and out of the bookshelves. It would be moody and atmospheric. <laughs> what do you think, Michael? Yeah, where will they spring from next in the Norrington Room? I don't know if it's going to be hosted. You'd think the Norrington Room would be the obvious place for it to be hosted. It's massive. But given the subject matter of the Ruby and the Smoke murder mystery, it'd be especially uh, suited to Blackwell's. Um, but hurry, <laughs> book fast. Wednesday is already sold out, and there are only a few tickets left for the Thursday. Tickets are £12 or £10 for concessions. Both shows start at 7.30pm, but if you miss it, don't worry. It's about to head out on national tour and includes a stint at the Edinburgh Fringe. Uh, another theatre item now and another work that's going to be premiering at the Edinburgh Festival. But this is pre-premiere. Before the premiere, something's heading Oxford. Uh, that something is Bucket List, uh, the latest uh, work by theatre ad infinitum. Um, so this is the story of a Mexican woman whose mother is a protester campaigning against government corruption and is murdered for her efforts. 
So the daughter at Milagros uh, comes by a list of the people responsible for her mother's murder and is determined to make them pay and that justice be done. So Theatre Ad Infinitum are a Bristol-based company. They're going to be using mime and physical theatre and have done so to tell stories on social and political themes through the years. For example, Light, which is a dystopian sci-fi kind of based on Edward Snowden's revelations and exile, uh, and the critically acclaimed Translunar Paradise, which is a narrative about bereavement told only through movement. Yeah, garnered a lot of critical attention. Uh, This is a bucket list preview. I said it would be be premiering at the Edinburgh Festival, so I guess this is bucket list version 1.0. In their grand ad infinitum tradition, they're fine-tuning and finishing the piece involving the audience in the creative process afterwards to get feedback and ideas on what works and what doesn't before it hits the fringe. It'll be premiering in Edinburgh and London, both. If, like Daily Info alumna Orla, they are fortunate enough to be going to the Latitude Festival, they will be performing there as well. Um, so that's at the North Wall this Thursday the 14th at 7.30pm. Tickets are £10, £8 concessions. And now for something completely different. On Friday there'll be a presentation slash lecture slash chat. So it's called It's Not Just Inspector Morse, an informal history of broadcasting from Oxford. Of course, wonderful as John Thaw is, our uh, Oxford's contribution to Broadcasting history is much wider. So entertainment journalist Gavin Gowan, who writes for the Independent, Telegraph, Guardian, everything basically, be presenting an informal history of broadcasting in and from our glorious home city with archive clips, slides and refreshments, of course. So starting with the BBC's earliest radio transmissions in the 20s, you can find out the life stories of uh, Oxfordites who have contributed to radio and television. And this is from the event page on Facebook. It sounds quite cool. Uh, from would-be Hollywood mogul Lou Grade to North Oxford's erudite radio multitasker Humphrey Carpenter. I don't know who he is, but just from that description, I want to know who he is, and I think I would like to have met him. And so Also, it's revealed why Monty Python didn't get shown by Oxford transmitters. It would have gone down a storm. Um, and about the, the geographical oddity of Oxford. Um, who BBC always thought was part of the South East and ITV always thought was in the Midlands. Morons. <laughs> which, which side are you on, Dave? Ooh, I'd rather keep that close to my chest. Okay, non-partisan broadcast, Absolutely. as ever. Um, plus, as a concession to popular culture, Morse is going to be involved, but uh, we'll be talking about how the location shoots were mostly not in Oxford. Oh, really? Surprisingly enough. Have you ever seen some? I used to cycle past Morse and Lewis being filmed on my way to school. Really? because of their endless use of the Sheldonian as the site for murder. Anyway, yes, if you've heard all this before and want to uh, go off the beaten track with Oxford history, then join Gavin Gowan on Friday night. It's at 7.30 and tickets are only £4 at the Albion Beatnik, who have events pretty much on every day. For instance, this coming week, poetry workshops, the, the talk we were just talking about, a book launch and jazz, live jazz. Nice. Finally, we have the cinema roundup. To which I'm very much looking forward. In the midst of the political hoo-ha of the past few weeks, it's easy to forget that other countries have political scandals too, (laughs) sometimes far juicier than ours. Take the case of Anthony Weiner, the crusading left-wing politician from New York, whose career imploded in 2011 when he accidentally tweeted a revealing photo of himself during a sexting spree. Wiener, which opens at the Picture House on Friday, is a documentary about his abortive comeback campaign to become New York mayor in 2013, to which the filmmakers had unrestricted access. 
Unfortunately, it crushed and burned when Wiener was discovered, again, to have been sexting various women under the pseudonym Carlos Danger. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a great name. It really is. Carlos Danger. <laughs> Could be a WWF wrestler. By all accounts, Wiener is a perfect documentary subject. The Guardian Review says that he has an Olympic capacity for self-delusion and narcissism, and the film won the prize for Best Documentary at the Sundance Film Festival. Wiener opens this Friday the 15th of July at 9pm at the Picture House, and there's one screening a day until next Wednesday. Tickets are £10.50 for adults, and members' prices are reduced. And now we go from the ridiculous to the just as ridiculous. (laughs) There are two showings of the zany Marx Brothers comedy A Day at the Races at the Ultimate Picture Palace on Sunday and Monday. The Marx Brothers were a group of vaudeville siblings who made some of Hollywood's best-loved and wackiest comedies in the 1930s, full of slapstick, innuendo and silly costumes. A Day at the Races is about a vet who poses as a doctor, a horse called Hi-Hat and a plot to keep a sanitarium open from the advances of a nefarious banker. (laughs) There are showings on Sunday the 17th of July at 3.30pm and the following Monday at 6.30pm. That's at the Ultimate Picture Palace, just off Cowley Road. So much like the two Queen albums of the same name, A Day at the Races was preceded by A Night at the Opera. Hmm. Right? Very much kind of warmers. Supposedly, Groucho Marx, um, in his old age, invited Queen to perform both albums to him in his Los Angeles home, which they did. They, they did? That's so cool. Yeah. Raichu seems like such a lad. Have you, did you ever see him? He presented game shows at one point no. in the States. And he was pretty much the kind of host you'd expect. Uh, wise cracking. Always wise, always cracking, always cigar smoking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he just never let the cigar down. Um, but sometimes the guests fought back. Like I think if you, if you YouTube spunky lady, Groucho game show, um, <laughs> you'll find... And an old lady like telling him off and him being speechless for the only time in recorded history. Incredible. Full cinema listings and what's going on during the rest of the week can be found on our website. And for up to the minute updates and more, including uh, beautiful pictures of last week's Cowley Carnival, uh, then follow us on social media. We're at Daily Info Oxford on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And also on our website, you can subscribe to this podcast. Bye.